If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. The voice of a changing world. Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. G'day, g'day. Welcome to the program. At the end of what is a very big news day in the United States, it's the start of a new one, of course, in the UK, just gone 4am in London and in the middle of one in Australia, where I'm broadcasting from at the moment. But the focus is definitely on Colorado as a divided Supreme Court there today declared former President Donald Trump ineligible for the White House under the US Constitution's insurrection clause. Now, he's been removed from the state's presidential primary ballot, which may now lead to a domino effect in at least blue states across America. This may just be the first. Trump's lawyers have responded and vowed to appeal the full bench. We'll dive into that massive decision with our regular commentator, the Line of Liberty, Brian McWilliams, today. We'll also be discussing the row over this new Texas migrant law, which the White House press secretary is blaming for the death of a five-year-old boy. Now, that is a long, long stretch. We'll get to that little issue later. And Brian's got his awards for 2023, by the way. Not just the ugly and the disgraceful and the politically inept, but also the ones who went from zero to hero in 2023. So Brian McWilliams will join us this hour on the program. From Down Under today, we've got a very special guest on the show, entrepreneur and adventurer, Dick Smith. We're talking scammers with Dick, especially in light of the assistance these cretins are getting now from AI. Um, You can actually have, it doesn't matter who it is, a famous VIP telecast a message to you that you will swear has come directly from that person's mouth. But of course, AI can grab the language you've used in other recordings and transfer it to a very, very different message. So you've got all of these VIPs around the world who are being scanned and used to push particular barrows, commercial barrows mainly. um, And it's a complete nut of scam. And I've got to say, Much of the reaction from the top social media platforms has been very, very silent. They won't react as quickly as they should when these VIPs turn around and say, sorry, that is not me, it is not my voice, and it's been put together by AI. So we'll talk to Dick Smith about that today. He'll be joining us during our cyber segment with the one and only Alex Zaharoff-Royd. From scammers to Christmas gifts and everything in between today with Alex And uh, we'll get our last fiery gust for 2023 from commentator Prue McSween in this edition today as well. We'll be talking about Israel's major mistake in its pursuit of Hamas, the controversial release of convicted terrorist Abdul Ben Bricker in Australia, and the astonishing school results from a high school, which you've probably never heard of, but they've had these incredible spike in results. I think they've gone up something like 200 places, all because of changing one particular approach to education. I'll tell you about what they changed a little later in the program. You'll love the story. Plus, we'll be driven by your views, your ideas, your opinions, your feedback, all of that on our talkback lines. And if you'd like to have your say, step right up. We don't bite. 
It's a fantastic democratic way to have you say. From the United States or Canada, 1-888-201-6425. From the UK, 033-0024-1026. And from Australia or New Zealand, 1-800-670-310. Let's get moving. This is Chris Smith broadcasting live on the global news talk network, tntradio.live. It's the stuff. It's that division people are talking about. And that cluelessness that they want to push. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, I've been doing my best this week and in the past two weeks to unpack what actually occurred at COP28 in Dubai, in particular, some of those major resolutions. We need to do our best, I think, to trip up this obsession with spending unlimited wealth, unlimited money, to somehow save the planet from what is, at worst, a small increase in the average temperature. And so my last contribution comes from a plan that we didn't discuss through the conference because it didn't reach resolution. Thankfully, it fell over during COP28, but is still threatening to materialise either in between now and the next COP or maybe at the next event. It's Article 6 which you may not have ever heard of, a set of strict rules which would create a global carbon market that in turn would restrict us all from living the way we are at the moment, including being unable to travel on an aeroplane. This is the next global control system where air travellers will lose their freedoms unless the airlines cough up mitigation payments for their emissions. And as you could imagine, they run on the smell of an oily rag, these airlines. You could see how close they came to collapse during the pandemic. They simply cannot afford millions of dollars in mitigation for the CO2 that they emit. Part of this insidious plan is to ban people from flying more than four times in our lifetimes due to climate change. How would you feel about that? Four times in your lifetime, you'll have some kind of international database which would tally up how many times you've flown in your lifetime. Talk about control. This is the demonization of the freedom of movement, and it's already begun. Young writer at The Federalist, Evita Duffy Alfonso, has been doing a lot of work and following the next green frontier. Um, she's recently posted a video explaining where this campaign is up to and who's already taken the bait? There is a growing worldwide push to restrict freedom of movement in the name of climate change. France has outlawed domestic flights less than two and a half hours long, and the entire European Union is considering doing the same. Nearly 100 cities across the globe, including 14 American cities, are part of the C40 Cities Climate Leadership Group, which has a goal of by 2030 limiting air travel to one short-haul return flight every three years per person. Since these cities collectively make up about one-twelfth of the global population, the plan would effectively annihilate the air industry. By 2050, the United Nations wants to ban all flights that do not use sustainable aviation fuels. But sustainable aviation fuels are not scalable and are wildly expensive. If the UN and C40 cities have their way, airlines will close and air travel will only be affordable to the extremely wealthy. And it's not just air travel, private vehicles are also under major attack. With no planes or private vehicles, people become immobile. And that's exactly what the ruling class elites posing as climate activists want. It is just gross. Now, there was hope that this 
restriction of movement between nations would gather pace in uh, and during COP28 or even reach a resolution. As I said, thankfully, the entire framework didn't. Uh, it's incredibly far-reaching, and that's one of the reasons why it wouldn't have, um, I guess, garnered enough widespread support. But it would drive some of the largest airline corporations in the in the world into receivership and would take us back almost 100 years when the world first started to travel for recreation by air. That's how far they want us to go back. Go back to 100 years. That's where you need to live to save the planet. It is gross. And Avita is spot on about the C40 Cities Climate Leadership Group. They've been very vocal in London this year. It's a globalist climate organisation made up of nearly 100 cities across the world and has a 2030 target of limiting individual air travel to one short haul return flight of less than 1,500 kilometres every three years. They are kidding. As for motor vehicles, Avita is spot on there as well. C40 Cities has a goal of eliminating privately owned vehicles by 2030, seven years or six and a half years from now. They want the world to rid themselves of motor vehicles entirely because their theory is owning a car is outdated 20th century thinking. Can you believe this stuff? That would have us back to before 1886, which is when the car was invented. That's how far they want us to go back. Let's think 1886 when you only had a very small access to a motor vehicle. And so once they get their way and make us all immobile, well, they can trap us. They can control us in their 15-minute smart cities. Avita Duffy Alfonso explains it this way. They want the populace ushered into 15-minute smart cities that conveniently require no travel and are equipped with sophisticated surveillance technology to make sure that nobody leaves. Of course, none of this has anything to do with the environment. Globalist jet-setters pretending to be environmentalists are producing fake doomsday climate predictions and spreading fear as a ploy to consolidate power. And that is the end game. It is the end game. 15-minute urban utopias, I guess, green utopias, which don't impact on the environment at all because you're all trapped inside your own little bubble and it'll somehow save the planet from catastrophe and global warming. It's complete and utter bunkum. We should be facing it. I wondered why it didn't get any publicity during COP28, but I noticed that it started to gather a little bit of steam since. And how easy would it be to then monitor and control your every movement if you're stuck in these 15-minute bubbles? We need to watch this space carefully because it's balmy and it's as ludicrous as this green grand plan might seem. The control freaks and the green evangelists are full steam ahead with it. Let's knock it on the head. Let's keep scrutinising it and don't allow it to happen ever. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit um, because of immigration. I voted because of democracy, but millions did vote 
because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me, and I was trying to figure it out, and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old, and it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. The human mind is like a computer. No matter how efficient it may be, its reliability is only as great as the information fed into it. That's a campaign promise. Tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. We mandate that the truth be told. You're hearing it. TNT. All right, let's get back to this breaking and bombshell news from Colorado. The Colorado Supreme Court today ruled that former President Donald J. Trump's candidacy in the state's primary for 2024 next year is prohibited on constitutional grounds. Now, the ruling from a Democrat-only bench, mind you, said... A majority of the court holds that President Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution. Now, the ruling comes back to claims that Donald Trump has engaged in an insurrection by inciting a riot on January 6, 2021, despite, of course, not being proven to have done so in any court of law. Now, let's bring in our regular Wednesday guest, because despite the holes in what this decision has presented, there could be a snowball effect right across the country. He's live from LA. Brian McWilliams is a communications director of the Libertarian Party. He's a native Philadelphian, expert in public relations and communications, and you can hear him on his weekly podcast, The Lines of Liberty. Brian McWilliams, welcome back to TNT Radio on a very big news day. It is. Wow. I mean, it is an insanely big news day. Um, as you mentioned, I'm a little bit flabbergasted by what is occurring in Colorado. When you set a, a precedent like this, right, you've got uh, Donald Trump, who's not been convicted of anything, has not uh, really even gone through the process of being 
vetted, convicted. There's no evidence been presented here. And you have a Supreme Court in a state eliminate him from a ballot. Well, now you've got banana republic style politics. Yes. And to your point, I do worry that this is going to be something where other states will simply say, well, Colorado did it. Let's move fast. Let's pile on as un- as absolutely un-American, as unconstitutional as this might be. Let's pile on, ignore his rights, ignore the ability of the people to discern what actually happened here and just try to snowball this to the point where it's going to be hard to push back on it because of the time frame. Right. Because you have to litigate all this. Yeah. So it's just an unbelievable. It's an unbelievable development. And you're talking about the time frame. This is interesting. We're starting to get to the stage where many of these indictments that Trump faces could end up being extended beyond 2024. Now, Democrats won't allow that to happen. Prosecutors in particular are very keen to get these things done and dusted. But some of them could continue past 2024, which means they lose the impetus. But that could also apply to the any any of the appeals that Trump launches now against the Colorado Supreme Court decision and any other state Supreme Court decisions that come as a result of what's happened in Colorado. In other words, there's no time for Trump to right the wrongs now being handed down by state Supreme Courts. Yeah, exactly right. And I and honestly, I think that's by design is that these people have shown that they will undermine the rule of law, they'll undermine what we stand for as far as our political process, our justice process, and they know what they're doing. Mm. They know they're levying this now. They know that, it, as we said, it takes time to litigate this, to push back. I mean, the Libertarian Party knows how long it takes to get ballot access, to fight for primary access, to fight for all these things is a state-by-state state thing. And as these states, if they do follow suit, you're talking about a battle in each and every one unless the U.S. Supreme Court steps in and says, you can't flat out do this. It has to go through the courts. It has to be litigated properly. I just, it, it's, I don't know if it's brilliant by the Democrats or if it's foolish, because as we've seen, every time they pull something like this on Donald Trump, it seems to boost him in the polls. It seems to reinforce his base and also expand his base. I know for me, I look at this and we put out a statement today about uh, how this, again, sets a precedent of, if you don't like somebody running for a presidency, you can simply have them removed on allegations. Yes. Not proven fact, allegations. Yeah. This is insane. This is yeah. this is disgusting. This is an overturning of every principle of a democracy. Yeah, this says to me that once you were charged in the United States of America, you were deemed to be guilty before you are proven innocent. Absolutely. That is the standard it is setting here because yeah. these guys have been trial, jury and executioner for Donald Trump. There's yeah. the, just just a, a court of, as you said, Democrat, all you know, pure Democrats just decided they didn't want him on the ballot. And the fact that it's only four to three also shows you that even in a, a Democrats run state, yes. there at least were some some measure, some yeah. consciousness of what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. People need to know that. This is the other thing about it, though. Normally, you'd say, oh, this is going to play into the hands of Donald Trump, but it's come from a court. And so unless you properly communicate the details of such a decision, the mob might think, oh, oh, well, well, this is serious. Maybe you can't run uh, for president if you've committed these crimes. What the public needs to be well aware of, and this is up to the Republican Party to communicate this, is he has been found guilty uh, based on charges and therefore 
he is now having to prove his innocence, with which flies in the face of common law uh, principles in the United States. People need to understand that. I want to go to a caller, if I may, Brian, before we uh, continue the conversation. Siv has phoned through. Siv, you'd like to talk about this issue, would you? I would. I, I do have a question on this. I, I do, a, a not challenge, but I do just wonder about the mob you know, going with the, the Democrats on, on the Donald Trump thing. I mean, how many, of the, how many of the mob, in inverted commas, still watch the mainstream, you know, CNN and MSN, MSNBC and all of that stuff? I mean, if you're watching them, well, they're anti-Trump all the way, so of course you're going to get that information. But if you're reading a wide, wide range of sources, conservative outlets and others, you're going to get extra information, aren't you? So I don't know that necessarily the mob's going to fall into line. That's what they'd like. Well, let me ask Brian that question another way. From what you've seen yes. of the reports on this decision in Colorado, Brian, are they fully explaining what's happened? The fact that the bench in Colorado was made up of Democrat appointments. Are they explaining that he hasn't been found guilty in any way of insurrection? Are they explaining it fully in mainstream media? From what I have seen, no. Uh, they may make mention typically what happens now, and again, as a PR professional, I know this, the structure of news articles used to be the facts at the top, and then you'd get into more of the opinion at the bottom or the rhetoric. Now that's been flipped on its head. So most mainstream news sources, they, were, they will report what's happened here. Okay, Colorado Supreme Court says Trump cannot be on the ballot. They will then go into the reasons why Trump should not be on the ballot, aka because of his insurrectionist uh, rhetoric, which, uh, again, has not been proven, has not been vetted, but they'll say, here's why these five things. And then at the bottom of the article typically is where they'll include that, by the way, he has not been found guilty. By the way, this is unprecedented. It's never happened in the, in the history of America, as far as I know. That's the way most of these sources will report it because of the bias. So you've got to uh, rely to answer, on the mob uh, interpreting the rule of law. That's what you've got to rely on. Yeah. And, and really, I think what I'm hopeful for is that we've seen the polls about mainstream media, the trust in mainstream media. I think people see this for what it is. And we, we mentioned every people time one of these allegations comes out, well, every time one of these allegations comes out, Trump's numbers go up. And that shows you his polling has gone up for every across the board. Independence, young people, young people. Now, that's not something you'd expect. People are becoming aware of what's being done and how this is political assassination by virtue of a politicized justice system. Steve? I, I, yeah, I, I was just going to ask a question. The main question I wanted to ask is, um, so given all of that, we, we know that the Supreme Court, yes, there are some, I guess some would refer to them as conservative-appointed people, those who are appointed by Donald Trump and probably others, and then there are leftists on there. So here's the big question. Are they going to vote on the law in front of them, or are they going to do this down party lines, and are we going to get some sort of strange strange decision or, or, or voting? Because, you know, you'd have to look at the, the, the way that that, that is structured and often what's spoken about the less from the American media I consume, they often do talk about the proclivities of the people on the Supreme Court. So how does all that work? Well, I, I think when it comes to the Supreme Court now, they Trump's got the majority as far as conservatives. He appointed multiple people on the bench now. We're talking about three different appointees over his tenure. So if you believe that they would have some sort of allegiance to him, I personally don't. 
he should get away with this and, and be cleared. Yeah. The thing I look at is that I think even the liberal justices here, other than maybe Sotomayor, because she just seems to have no grasp of facts in general, they should side just as you go out there. You don't want to look like you're a hack. And I think that if they sided with this on the precedent it sets, they would look incompetent like hacks. They would look as though they have sold their their office. They've sold their position in order to try to take out a presidential candidate. And I think that that's just not going to happen. Well, that's going to be pretty big if, if I mean, and, and a lot of the conservative media and writers and columnists would actually say that. And they've, and they've said that already about some of the some of the state courts. I've I've heard a lot of that going around too. But look, this is going to be an interesting one to watch. It will go on and on. And I and I think you're right. I think the polling for Trump is just the more they attack him, the more people are going to support him. And I think Chris, as as I leave you, we're, we're going to see a bit of that in Australia where they they will attack our opposition leader, and people go, oh really? So you're saying that about him? Well, maybe we don't quite believe that. Good talk to you, Chris. Good on you, Siv. Thank you very much for your input. And now we've got to look at the other states. Uh, this has come out of nowhere, Brian. I hadn't reported on anything related to what Colorado was looking into. Certainly um, a decision like that reaching the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court presiding over it. Now, I may have missed it, and it may have been Colorado-only news, but what's to say that these things could be expedited in Supreme Courts in states right around America? Well, I mean, I also had no clue this was even being discussed. Colorado was not one of the states on the radar. I know that there have been numerous states that have made efforts to remove Trump from the ballot for this very provision, the 14th Amendment insurrection. Uh -huh. uh, you're not allowed to run for president if you are committing or have committed insurrection against the United States. The question I have now is how many states don't we know about that are considering this? Is yeah, it is it yeah. every blue state? Yeah, because. As I was mentioning, now it becomes the question, as we as we we're talking about before, it's not just the allegation. It is can how fast can they move? Are, are they going to be inspired by this decision to say, what are we waiting for? Why are we dealing around? Colorado just did it with they're making us look like wimps. You know, let's go. Blue state justices. So it, it may snowball very quickly. Very quickly. And honestly, yeah, but, I think the best thing for Trump is if it does, because that will force the U.S. Supreme Court yeah. on a federal level to step in. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It could be a really interesting start of 2024 on this very basis. We've got to take a break for news. I'll come back with you, Brian, on TNT Radio. What station is this? Station. Ladies and gentlemen, TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. The Colorado Supreme Court has disqualified Donald Trump from running for president in the state, preventing the 5.8 million people who live there from voting for him. Analysts are now saying Australia rejected Washington's request to help protect commercial ships from attacks in the Red Sea due to a significant shortfall in the nation's naval capabilities. And Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says the nation's army is asking for an extra half a million people to join its war against Russia. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. I've got the Line of Liberty, Brian McWilliams, with me from LA now. Brian, I wanted to get a comment from you on the subject that I raised at the beginning of the program and this 
global control scam to prevent us from flying more than four times in our lifetimes or only once every three years, depending on which proposal gets through. It was knocked back as far as a resolution or a proposal at COP28, but it was discussed. Uh, he, uh, Evita Duffy Alfonso, I thought, uh, came up with a pretty good summary on camera. Worryingly, though, as she pointed out in that summary, it's already begun. Yeah. Yeah. France has already undertaken this. You're no longer able to take these short hop flights. This is terrifying. It's everything that we fear as far as government control of our, our ability to travel, our ability to uh, to relocate, because you think about how these things roll out. If you have a country that's going to enact these, these lockdown restrictions on you for climate, for emissions, whatever it might be, well, you could leave. Now they're limiting your ability to even try to travel, to leave, to, to do business. And I think that this is by design. I mean, you think about what's been going on not only in Europe, but also in the United States, where, as we discussed on a previous episode, they're going to roll out these lockdown mechanisms in cars that can turn your cars off. All of this is designed to keep you where you are. And climate is a very convenient excuse to be able to lock down, have authoritarian measures put into place. And everybody's just kind of going along with it because they've been conned into this threat mode, similar to the Patriot Act, the United States, right? Climate's the new terrorist. And even Prince Charles has said, it's a war on climate. Now, Chris, you know this, of course, when you have a war, what do you lose? You lose your rights. You lose the ability to run your business. You're able to uh, to be rationed. You have your business uh, forced to manufacture different products that it might be designed to. And your mobility is quite limited. We see that with Ukraine. This is an absolutely terrifying concept. The fact that France is already doing it makes me sick to my stomach. And at, at some point, I just hope people realize and rise up against this. Yeah, I agree. And you think about it on a personal basis, it divides families for longer periods of time. You know, we've got broken families left, right and centre. So you've got children who can't see their their parents as often as they normally would because they don't come under the climate change allocation. It is just total, utter nonsense. And the market should be left to deal with this. The market, if it can, um, you know, pay for what needs to be paid for to be in the air and those flights are available, people should be able to take them. And this business about, oh, we'll save the planet this way. I'm sorry, we've spent trillions of dollars already on trying to save the planet and CO2 has only increased in terms of its output. It doesn't work. It's bullshit. Of course. And you've got people, everybody going to these climate conferences is flying in private jets anyway. But you just keyed on something. I love you said this, Chris. The separation of families, the division of family units. I have long believed, and I maintain this as fact, that the government is happy and intent on breaking up family units because you think about your family unit, you think about your resiliency, you have somebody to depend on. You have somebody that can back you up, provide you support if you lose your job, can provide you with a reality check. You've got a unit there that's outside of government. If you break the family up, your only recourse is government, and they know that all too well. Yeah, exactly. I want to move on to Chicago. At least six people have been taken to the hospital from one of Chicago's migrant shelters since Sunday. Five children and one teenager, including a five-year-old boy who died on Sunday. Officials in Chicago are blaming Texas Governor Greg Abbott for the five-year-old's death. Have a listen to White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre when she was asked this question. Listen to her response. 
So I'm not going to go into specific cases from here. Uh, we've always been very clear, and I, you heard me at the at the top, the first question that I got, uh, that uh, we believe that Governor Abbott's um, policies and his political stunts are not safe. They're not safe for the Texas communities and uh, our, our CBP, our law enforcement on the ground who are trying to do their work. They put them at, in harm's way. And they, you know, they dehumanize, dehumanize and demonize immigrants. That's what, that's what his political stunts do. Gee, it's a long bow to draw. You could argue in the opposite direction. When you start opening borders the way that Biden has since he came to power, you actually put people in danger as well. Well, absolutely. I mean, you think about the incentive structure that's laid out here. We've got right now in Texas a situation where there are thousands upon thousands of people at the border in Texas towns. And yet these people are blaming Abbott for relocating people. The, the entire plan of the Biden administration is to relocate people. And yet sanctuary cities complain and cry about it when they get these because they don't have to deal with them. Yeah. They voice the fact that they don't have the infrastructure. Well, nobody does to take in thousands of migrants and to blame Abbott for the fact that a migrant child died in Chicago doesn't make any sense, but it shows you where these people are. They have no moral compass. They have no moral principles. They will simply pivot and blame their opposition, no matter what the circumstances may be. It's despicable to see something like this when the problem is that you have a structure set up that entices people to come here to travel and, and endure hardships. I grant them to endure hardships for a better life. But that better life at this point seems to be very apparently coming at the expense of citizens here. Very true. Now, according to research released last week in the UK journal PLOS, exhaled human breath can contain small elevated concentrations of methane and nitrous oxide, <gasps> both of which contribute to global warming. Stop breathing, Brian. The conclusion of the study urges caution in the assumption that emissions from humans are negligible. You know what's coming? The mask we wear 24-7 to capture that methane before it escapes into the air. Oh, it's going to be like Dune where they wear those still suits around in the desert. You know, it's going to be that little. <laughs> and I will say this. Look, I know there, there's a lot of methane or methane, as you pronounce it. I, my daughter has told me my breath, terrible, terrible at times. So I probably am in that methane environment. But <laughs> I, I, what what do they want us to do? Yes. I, I would ask. I would ask the scientists doing this study. I would ask the journalists reporting this nonsense to please stop breathing first. Okay, Put your hands up. <laughs> volunteer. <laughs> to, to, to sit there and hold your breath till you turn blue. It's idiotic. Well, I'm sorry. What do you want us to do? What, do you, mm -hmm. I, what is the rationale here? And by the way, did you notice in this story also, they mentioned diet seemed to have zero impact on this as well. So, you know, they, they tell us the cows are farting and that our intake of meat is evil, but it seems to not impact anything when it comes to our breathing in and out. You can't it's, have it's it just, both ways. <laughs> exactly. It's just, this is the the natural evolution, right? It's kind of like inflation in our country has gone up twenty percent, and it, it went from this the stage, the stepped approach to where they're eventually blaming us for inflation, right? It's your fault you're inflated because you keep guys keep buying stuff. Well, you guys keep breathing. Mm. The climate's yep. going to hell because of you, yep. and you're jogging. Yep. Or as the but that you know, gives all of those jogging. people who want to reduce the population of the earth that gives all these people a reason to keep at it. To say, hey, Absolutely. look, you know, there's a degree of methane and there's a degree of CO2 that we can't 
um, accept. So we've got to get rid of another billion people. Yep, yep. They'll do they'll do a little test when you're born. Decide if you've got fart breath, and if you've got fart breath, straight into the dumpster. It's exactly right. <laughs> we laugh about it, but these are the arguments that are mounted on social media from these bods. Gallows like humor, Chris. Ow, I know. Gallows I'm with humor. You. A federal judge in New York has ordered a vast unsealing of court documents in early 2024 that will make public finally the names of scores of notorious sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein's associates. Now, there would be a few of those former associates, clients as well, it might be a tad nervous over the Christmas period, Brian. I can't. You hit on exactly what I was thinking about. When I'm unwrapping my presents, I can't wait. I'm just thinking about how nervous they are, shaking, trying to unwrap the bows on the gifts, just their hands shaking, terrified of what's going to come. I wish we had an advent calendar. I want to count down. I want a pedophile a day to be revealed for me, Chris, for 177 days. You know, because yeah. we're talking over 150 people. Yeah. And. Why is it taking so long? Why does it taken so us? long was my reaction when I first read the story. I, I mean, obviously, we know that's the thing. That's what's so exciting about this. The fact that it's taken so long makes me believe that there are some names on this that are oh so juicy. Mm. And it's going to be more delicious when those names come out, more juicy than your prime rib or your goose on Christmas morning. It's going to be fantastic. And I can't wait. It's a late Christmas present come early, and I'm excited for it. And the best presents or the best gifts are the ones that are prolonged because you build up this anticipation. And you're right. And you think about the pylon on the prints that occurred because of his association and those photographs and the allegations involving that girl. And you think about some of the names that could be on the list. There's a, about to be a pylon a mile long from here on in. So it could be a very exciting start to 2024. We look forward to it. Uh, President Biden is now experiencing the worst polling of his presidency. Um, what are some of the latest polls indicate, Brian? And apparently I'm reading in a in the Horn News site that he's actually had a meltdown about them. I mean, it's not surprising he's having a meltdown. Biden is a, number one, who knows where his mental state is at? I'm sure he's irrational. I'm sure he's uh, highly explosive. It seems like he's always been that way, even in interactions with press and people on on public settings. You know, you dog face pony soldier. Remember that outburst? <laughs> it's not surprising that he's that he's ripping people. But the fact that his polls are now 36 percent approval rate. I mean, I've never seen in my life. I can't remember a presidential approval rate that low, even when Nixon was impeached. You know, I'm not a you know, he, he, that his approval rate was higher than 36 mm -hmm. percent. And I think it's this combination of. Biden, you know, the White House lying to us about where we are. I mentioned inflation earlier, his puddling up with Zelensky. He just had a press conference with Zelensky. We're talking about the fact that Hunter Biden is out there giving speeches. The fact that the White House, while people are struggling to buy gifts, to buy groceries, had this insanely cloying, you know, cringe video of people you know, tap dancing through the White House halls in front of all their glorious Christmas trees just to remind us how much better they are than everybody else. It's unbelievable. And Biden's mad at his staff for his polling numbers. Be mad at your policy. Be mad at your drug manufacturers that your brain's not working anymore. They can't keep you even coherent. Yeah.
Yeah, four years is a long time in politics and four years is a long time for someone who suffers from partial dementia. Now, education. I know that education in 2023 has been dominated by discussions related to transgender policy in the playground and in the classroom, but, whoa, um, this is like socialism coming to every school. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson and the Chicago Board of Education are eliminating gifted school programs in the name of achieving greater racial and social equity. So bad luck to you high achievers and you hard workers and all your aspirations. You can throw those out the window. This is the year 2023 and 2024 for woke socialism in the classroom. It stinks. As a gifted person who was in those classes, I was gifted. Chris was a, a emphasis on was drank that away. Well, way long ago. But these programs, you think about Chicago's education system. It is one of the worst in the country. You've got kids that are dropping out that can't read, that can't write. And you're going to eliminate the schools that actually cater to people in your city that can achieve. And these are just merit based. These are merit based academies. That's not by race. You know, merit is not race based. You should be able to achieve if you have a drive, if you have, by the way, a, a, a household that has good parenting in it, which is under attack, as we discussed earlier, the family unit, you have something to strive for, to achieve. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you have a dream. By eliminating this, it, it falls into the classic Democrat structure of equity, which is nobody is ever brought up. They are only forced down to the lowest common denominator. And this yeah. is exactly what you're seeing in Chicago. Yeah. Mediocrity in education is a danger to people's aspirations, and it is a danger to education in total. Now, I think we should uh, end our final segment for 2023 with a little bit of an award ceremony, Brian, because we've spoken about a thousand issues over the course of the year. And we've spoken about absolute political shockers. We've spoken about people who deserve a pat on the back those that have done things ugly, those that shouldn't be in public discourse at all. Um, you've got some awards to give out. How about we start with who the biggest political shocker was? I would say, well, the it's, it's actually not a person. It's a country. A country. And a country. And it goes to Israel. And I think you know where I'm going with this. Israel has... From the get-go, they've lost the PR war. We've talked about this a couple of times. I, I'm still stunned at the turnaround on Israel politically, public relations-wise, on campuses, in liberal media, and also conservatives are starting to come around on this. Mm. The fact that Israel, which was an untouchable golden child, and for many reasons, for religious reasons, for political reasons, an ally to the U.S., were told us propaganda reasons, they were untouchable. And yet they have screwed that up so badly from the, the first day, now, from the from day one. It, it's unbelievable, Chris. I've never seen within what has it been three, four months a turn so fast on what was considered to be a sacred calf. Yeah. It's been amazing to see. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, and the measurement of how much they've screwed up comes from what has come out of the White House. This constant. Um, grilling of the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu about how many innocent lives are lost. They keep hounding him about it and they're supposed to be on the same side. I've never seen the yeah. like of it in any war anywhere ever. Anyway, that's sort of, that's a good one. Biggest political shocker, that's a good one. Zero to Hero Award. Zero to Hero, I think, has got to go to Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, this guy 
came out of nowhere. I, I'd never, honestly, I'd never heard of him before he started running for this presidential candidacy. He was a biotech CEO. The guy has come out and just dominated. Every time you see a debate, if you do watch the debates, Trump's on him, he's the one that comes out with the lines. He's the one that comes out with the zingers. He's the one that comes out with the facts. He is unbelievably verbose and quick on his feet. And even on the last CNN town hall he did, he just, the man is a force. He wouldn't take the propaganda points. He wouldn't take the interruptions. He just powered through every CNN anchor's point to deliver his message. I have to say, the man has been fascinating to watch. And nobody could say that they saw this coming. Mm. And even as I mentioned on the program yesterday, he had the the courage to tell a political analyst on the CNN program over the weekend to F off on two yeah. occasions in one delivery. <laughs> that takes courage. All right. Uh, what's the phrase of the year, Brian? Oh, you said it. Well, you said it last show, Chris. The phrase of the year to me, and I, I you know, cover your ears if there's children listening, is still Bill Clinton referring to Hillary Clinton's inadequacy at delivering her message and that she may be helping the Biden campaign out, saying that she could not sell pussy on a troop train. <laughs> that's how do you beat that? How do you yeah. beat that? Yeah, that's straight out of the depths of Arkansas. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Phrase of the year. What about the biggest balls of 2023? All right. People are not going to like this, but Hunter Biden. It's 100% Hunter Biden. The man is under indictment. He has lived a life of excess. The man took $1.7 million just out of ATMs alone. And you know where that money's going to, right? That's going to crack dealers. That's going to prostitutes. Maybe a little bit paying off some sort of political ally, but he has zero shame. Mm -hmm. The guy goes out there. His father has 36% polls right now. And Hunter Biden, with his giant balls, you can't find balls this big on the Christmas tree in Times Square, Chris. His balls go out there and gives a speech accusing his political opponents of cherry picking information to try to indict him with and maintaining that he is innocent and that he's done nothing wrong and that, yes, he's made mistakes. He's taken advantage of his privilege, but still, you know, he's Hunter Biden and he's going to come get you. I, I, I'm I'm in awe. I almost I almost want to root for Hunter Biden now. It's that ballsy. And you've even got Democrats. What was it, uh, Jen Psaki saying over the weekend in Meet the Press that they would like him to stop talking in public? <laughs> I, it's like it's almost like Tommy Boy. I don't know if you guys in Australia have seen the movie Tommy Boy. Or not sorry, not Tommy, Black Sheep with uh it's got Will Oh God, a blanket on his name. Ah, never mind. I'll let it go. Sorry. I'm I'm gonna making a terrible reference. I apologize to the crowd. Um it is unbelievable yeah. how much damage he's doing to yep. Joe Biden right now. It's rubbing in everything people hate about the Bidens, the corruption, the elitism, the lack of any awareness and the tone deafness. It's just fantastic. Yeah. All right. And finally, the political turds in the punch bowl. Well, you know, you go to the punch bowl and there's there's some turds that just you can't seem to get rid of floating in there. And I got to say, it is Joe Biden. The Democrats would love to fish that turd out of the punch bowl. They can't. <laughs> They're stuck. And the other turd, oddly enough, is on the other side of the aisle, Mitch McConnell. Yes. You'll recall, we, we, now we haven't seen Mitch freeze up, right? But he, he's still floating at the top of that punch bowl. It's a ticking time bomb. And what are they going to do with him? What are they going to do with Mitch?
So those are my those are my two turds. My two Excellent. turds for 2023. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. They are great awards for 2023. You have been an inspiration. You've been a source of great content. And we thank you very much for your contribution, not only to the show, but um, I think to the standard of content that's on offer on TNT Radio, Brian. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You enjoy Christmas with your family, and maybe we'll catch up in the early part of 2024. Thank you, Chris. You honor me. And just to remind your audience, I know you're off next week. My show will still be on next week. You can tune into it. Great stuff. The lines. <laughs> Merry are Christmas, my friend. And happy yeah, thank holidays you. to everybody out there. Same to you. Thank you, mate. Much appreciated. Brian McWilliams from LA. Great to have him on the program. We've got to take a break. And by all means, jump on any of the topics that uh, Brian brought us. I love his awards. Maybe you could add your own award winners for 2023. Be free to do all of that. Step right up. Who's the who's the turd of 2023? You can call in from the United States or Canada on 1888 201 6425 from the UK 0330024-1026 and from Australia or New Zealand 1-800-670-310. This is Chris Smith on TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Republican Senator Ron Johnson gets it. And here he is stating the obvious about Ukraine, something that so many people in Washington just refuse to acknowledge. This is a bloody stalemate. Every day that goes by, more Ukrainians die, more Russian conscripts die. Take no joy in that. More Ukraine gets destroyed. So this war should be brought to an end, the sooner the better, uh, because every day the outcome ends up being worse. It's going to have to be a negotiated settlement. And Johnson has the guts to talk about what's really happening in our country. We've already seen a diminished America. If, if you if you were asked to design a strategy to destroy this country, you could not ask for a better game plan than what President Biden and the Democrats Does are Does it seem purposeful to you? How could it almost not be? I mean, the open borders, the you know 40-year high inflation, war on fossil fuel, the embarrassing and dangerous surrender in Afghanistan, which has emboldened Putin. That, that's why Putin's in Ukraine, because we surrendered in Afghanistan. He saw the weakness. That's what the, the Mullahs are seeing. That's what the President Xi sees. So they're destroying this country, Democrat governance is. A purposeful weakening and ruining of the United States of America, brought to you by Joe Biden and the people who are really running the country. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was going to make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas. May your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. This is The Chris Smith Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. I'm a big fan of Adam Crichton's. I've spoken to him in interview form on many formats, radio and television, over many years. He works for the Australian newspaper. He's been based in Washington for many, many years. But he wrote 
today about what has just happened to Donald Trump in Colorado, and it's a really interesting take on what could come back and bite the Democrats on the backside. He says, Democrat activists have made a terrible mistake in striking Donald Trump off the ballot in Colorado, denying the Republican frontrunner at least 10 electoral votes in next year's presidential election. Obsessed with Donald Trump, but powerless to avert his relentless climb in the polls, they've resorted to desperate and dubious legal means that have undercut one of their most powerful arguments against the former president as he seeks a second term. Trump was and is relentlessly attacked for seeking to take advantage of an obscure part of the US Constitution in January 2021 that appeared to give the vice president the power to disregard certain states' votes. Now Democrats have done the same, he writes. Isn't that true? But arguably worse. At least they had to pass a law later to clarify the Constitution and ensure Trump's fringe legal theory couldn't be applied again. This time, further laws won't be needed. The Supreme Court will almost certainly strike down a decision that has brought shame to the small state's judiciary, which has a majority of judges appointed by former Democratic governor, now Senator John Hickenlooper. Hickenlooper. Uh, President Trump incited and encouraged the use of violence and lawless action to disrupt the peaceful transfer of power, the Colorado Supreme Court said in a four to three ruling on Tuesday in a decision that sent shockwaves through the US political class. Section three of the 14th Amendment outlaws anyone who engage in insurrection or rebellion against the US or give an aid or comfort to the enemies thereof from standing for election. The provision emerged in the late 1860s to stop former Confederate officials from running for public office in the newly reunited states. Even federal prosecutor Jack Smith, who has indicted Donald Trump for obstructing an official proceeding, conspiring to defraud the government and disenfranchise voters on January the 6th, has not accused the former president of insurrection or rebellion. That's telling. That's telling. He says Democrats have now also weaponized the US Constitution to strike a leading political candidate off the ballot for alleged crimes that haven't even been litigated, denying Americans the right even to vote for him. This will become a huge political error for the ruling party, likely one only to increase Donald Trump's support further. Maybe you've got a view on that interpretation, which is similar to the interpretation that Brian and I spoke about in the last 30 minutes. Give us a call on our talkback numbers. Now, the head of the Gaza hospital, according to the New York Post, has admitted to being a senior Hamas commander and detailed how the terror group transformed the medical site into an operational hub that once housed a kidnapped Israeli soldier. Ahmad Kalot, director of Kamal Adwan Hospital, made his taped confession to the Israeli security service, Shin Bet, after his arrest during last week's raid on the facility in northern Gaza. In a video of his interrogation released on X today, Kalot, dressed in an Israeli jail uniform and seated in front of an Israeli flag, said he joined Hamas in 2010 and held a rank equivalent to a brigade or a brigadier general. Carlotte revealed that about 16 hospital staffers, including doctors, nurses, paramedics, were also members of Hamas's notorious military wing. That's what's on tape. 
Whether it's true, whether it's a fair interpretation of the truth, I'll leave that to you to decide. We've got Prudic Sweeney coming up next hour on the program. Also, Dick Smith joining Alex Zaharoff royt in our cyber segment as well. Plenty to come. Do not go anywhere. This is Chris Smith on TNT Radio. Listener.